Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. I want to uh, minister to you today on the value and the importance of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the disciple. The ministry of the Holy Spirit, the value and the importance of that ministry. And as uh, before I do that, I want to, I want to take you along uh, uh, with me as I, God is doing some amazing things in my spirit since the towards the end of last year there seemed to be a stirring in my heart and an an excitement expecting god to do something new and um, i've been praying more than any other time and by the grace of god he wakes me early in the morning and i seek the lord but the type of prayer that I am praying is not the usual kind of prayer that I have been praying for a long time. And um, he, the Spirit impresses upon my heart to pray and to press into the presence of God in the Spirit. Uh, because that's where God is, in the Spirit. That's where He ministers to us. That's where He, he shows us things. And so um, after the prayer, I've developed a habit, which is a very good habit. And I encourage you, if you are not a person of uh, like exercise, it's good. Um, and, and I walk around the neighborhood in my community for an hour, an hour and 10 minutes, praying also for every family within this community, for every household, for every man, every woman, every child. And I'm praying seeking the face of God uh, to receive a word how to pray also with my intellect and my understanding. And so walking around my neighborhood and praying in the spirit every morning has become such an exciting adventure for me. I look forward to it with expectation, an adventure uh, to which I look, uh, I, I look forward to anticipation of how God wants to minister to me in the morning. Who will I meet on the walk? Who will I talk to? And what the Lord would reveal to me concerning the things and the people that I am praying for. And believe me, uh, the word of the Lord, revelation, knowledge, and wisdom seems to flow, uh, particularly for the neighborhood and also for individuals that I am praying for. And last Friday morning, the 9th of February, I had an unforgettable encounter with the Lord as he spoke to my heart so clearly that his words pierced my soul when he talked to me about the plight of the people in my neighborhood. And this is, I'm going to, I'm going to share with you the summary of what I heard from the Spirit of God as I was walking and praying for this community. And uh, this is the summary of what he said. He, his words were in a form of questioning me. 
he, he said, son, can you hear their cries? Referring to the people in the community around. Can you hear the groans? And then he said, I can. Can you feel their pain? Can you sense the hopelessness, the helplessness and the despair they find themselves in? I can, he said. And behind these high walls, because most of the houses have high walls here um, because of the high crime rate. He said, behind these walls, you see there are invisible walls, much stronger that hold these precious souls captive, souls for whom I died for. And only the glorious gospel of Christ can set them free from their sin, from their unbelief and shame. And uh, when I heard these words, I let them sink deep down in my spirit. And I remembered the spirit reminded me of what God said to Moses prior to his calling to go to Egypt and set his people free. And we see uh, the, the words that the Lord said to Moses in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 7. I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. And I've heard they cry because of their past masters, for I know their sorrows. God sees and God feels the oppression of the people whom he has redeemed through the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. He sees everything. There's nothing hidden before him. Thoughts came rushing through my mind, thinking about the longevity of my stay in this community for almost 32 years in the month of august it will be exactly 32 years that we moved into this area and um, never really prayed consistently or with passion i prayed now and again but but it wasn't with it wasn't consistent it wasn't with passion for the people who live here and here, here are the questions that came to, to my mind as I pondered on those words. How is it that I have never heard the Lord talk to me about this until today? And why now? And the, you know, the Spirit knows everything about us. He, he saw my thoughts and he said, because you have not talked to me about the people in your neighborhood, nor have you consistently prayed for them until now. I was convicted in my heart. And I realized that God will not talk to us about things we are not passionately and consistently praying about. God will not talk to you about things that you are not seeking him for about things that you're not praying for, about people that you're not praying for. And I realized that he will reveal his word and his plans to us concerning the things that we're passionately praying about. And if you want to hear the, the word breakthrough, breakthrough your your own thoughts, 
the noises that are going on around us. You pray about a certain situation or about a person. I remember many years ago, there was a, an elderly man in our community and uh, he had a heart attack and they needed to operate on him and they flew him down to Cape Town uh, to Chris Barnett. It was somewhere in the, in the year of between 76 and 1980. And uh, the report came back that called his relatives and said, we'll come and see him because he's not going to make it. He's not going to get out of the hospital alive. But I was consistently praying for this man. Every day I would seek God. I would call upon the Lord and I would pray for his healing and for his return. And one night the Lord gave me a dream. I saw him sitting on the chair. I walked up to him. I laid hands on him and I said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, rise and walk. To cut a long story short, the man came back, surprised everyone, even the doctors, and he lived for a number of years after that. God spoke to me because I passionately prayed for this man. And if you want God to talk to you, if you would get yourself out of your mind and forget about your problems, your own struggles, your own challenges, and begin to focus on the Lord and on someone whom the Lord will lay on your heart and pray for that person, God will minister to you and he will talk to you and he will anoint you to minister to the needs of the people you're praying for. I guarantee you that. You try it. Well, come to find out, later on that, that afternoon on Friday, I went up the road and I knocked on the door of one of the houses that I had a suspicion a Greek family lives there. And the reason why I, I thought that is because I saw in his yard, there, was an, there were several olive trees full of olives and there was a pomegranate tree and I thought, man, there must be a Greek living here. And sure enough, when I knocked on the door, he came out and he greeted me. And he is Greek. He's, one, uh, he's from one of the islands in Greece. And he's living in South Africa, he said, since 1962. Well, during the course of our conversation, I introduced myself. And I said to him, I walk every morning around this area. I've noticed the olive trees that are full of olives. Do you really pick them up or do you let them go to waste? No, he says, I pick them up, I prepare them and I give them to my son. And in the course of our conversation, I noticed tears coming down his eyes, his face. And I could see that the man was broken. And I said, what, what, what is, what's wrong? He said, I lost my son of 36 years of age. I said, what happened? Was he sick? No, he said, he went into severe depression and he committed suicide. The man was utterly broken. The only thing I could do was just sympathize with him, listen to him. And I remembered the word of the Lord that he gave me that morning. Son, can you hear the cries? Can you hear the groans of these precious souls? That was, that was something that really shook my insides and I was severely convicted. And all I could do 
was sympathized with this man who was absolutely broken. We need to understand that God has a unique plan and a unique purpose for every individual that was born on the face of this earth. God loves each and every one of us in a unique way and drafted a beautiful blueprint for every soul that is born into this world. Whether you're born again or not, God loves you and he has a perfect plan for your life. Listen to what Psalm, the psalmist said in Psalm 139, verse 16. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. May the Lord give us understanding and revelation of this verse of Scripture. He saw us before we were born. How? Because we existed in the mind of God long before we were born through our natural parents. Every day of our lives was recorded. God has a book about your life before you even got here. Every chapter is filled with, with adventures, with a beautiful plan, like a tapestry that the Lord has woven for your life. The psalmist said every moment was laid out even before a single day. In other words, before you got here, your life, your future, your purpose in life, what you would be doing in the mind of God. He wrote it in a book. And when we align our hearts and our minds with God's heart and God's mind, we begin to walk in that perfect will of God for our lives. And that's when God shows up. When we make his agenda our agenda, his dreams our dreams, and we devote ourselves, fully consecrate ourselves to serve the king and his kingdom. That's life. That's living to the highest degree. Now, the blueprint that God has is not just for, a, for an individual. He has a blueprint for every institution, for every neighborhood, for every community, and even for every nation. But what God is looking for, he says, is for human beings through whom he can work in order to bring those plans, those blueprints into existence. Listen to what God said through Ezekiel in chapter 22 and verse 30. And I sought for a man among them who should build up the wall and stand in the breach before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. What is God looking for? He says, I sought for a man among them, among that community, among that neighborhood, among that nation, among that institution. I sought for that one man who should build up the wall, stand in the bridge, in the gap before me. To do what? To cry out to God for mercy, for forgiveness, for favor, that I should not destroy it and I found none. God is still looking for a man, not an army, a man through whom he can work, 
so that his plans, his purposes can be established here on earth. You and I can be that man. You see, God has chosen and decreed that he would not work unless he finds a person, a human being to work through and to work with. That's what he has chosen. That's the way he wants to do things. And the Spirit of the Lord, I believe, continues to call us out, particularly in the last few weeks. There's an urgency in my spirit. There is a call, deep calls unto deep. The Spirit of God is crying, calling us out. Where is he calling us? On a journey of intimacy in order to reveal his secrets to us, to reveal his plans, his purposes, not just for ourselves, but for those whom he died for. And I realized that if our prayers are going to be heard and answered, we need to receive from the Spirit of God the very blueprints for those things we are praying for. We can't just pray any prayers. God has a blueprint. God has a plan. God has a purpose for every situation, for every institution, for every life. And if our prayers are going to be heard and answered, we need to align our hearts and to know what those blueprints are so that we can pray effectively the very will of God in every situation. And this is where the Holy Spirit comes to our aid. He comes to our assistance. Why? Because he knows God's blueprints for every life, every situation, every institution, every neighborhood. Only he knows. He knows the mind of God. And that's when he comes to our assistance and reveals to us those secret plans, blueprints. 1 Corinthians 2.10 For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. The Spirit searches. That word is very important. When I pray in the Spirit, there is a search going on. My Spirit, by the help of the Holy Spirit, searches for what to obtain revelation understanding of the blueprints the plans the will the purposes of god so that i can pray accurately and effectively your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven not my will not what i think not what anybody else thinks but what god says about the situation and that's, that is why the ministry of the Holy Spirit is so valuable, so important when we pray. And, and I want to go a little bit deeper into this. Now, let me stop here and share with you a word of wisdom from the Lord. While walking and praying yesterday, the word of the Lord came to me saying, now listen carefully, please. This is important. He said, son, your spiritual family has received a good foundation on the word of God. What they need now is the power 
of the Holy Spirit. The word they received, he said, will come alive in them when the rain of my spirit falls upon them. I want to say that again. That's so important. The word that we have received will come alive in our hearts when the rain of the Spirit of God falls upon us. And then he said this, My disciples received my teachings for three and a half years, but that was not enough. They needed the power of the Spirit, and they waited and persevered in prayer until they were endued with power from on high. Family, people are tired of words. We cannot go to them with just mere words. The early disciples, they did not go out with just words. They went in the power of the Spirit, and the Lord was confirming what they preached with signs following. That's why Jesus said, do not leave Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. I said, Lord, I don't want to go. I don't want to go and evangelize and do this and, and say that and in, introduce this program or that. Pro I want to go in the power of the Spirit. And when I go in the power of the Spirit, when you go in the power of the Spirit, things will happen by the power of the Spirit. The sick will be healed. People will be delivered. They will be lifted out of oppression, out of depression, out of hopelessness. They will receive hope for the future. And that is what the Lord said. He said, the word that we have received must be watered with the rain of his spirit. The word without the spirit is a dead letter. But when the spirit breathes upon that word, it comes alive. Listen to what Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says. Hear what the word of the Lord says concerning the word of God upon which the Spirit has breathed. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Please look at that verse again. The word of God is living. It is powerful. Not the letter of the word, but the spirit. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it pierces to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now. For years, I have taught, emphasized the importance of the Word of God in our lives, and that's important. But the direction the Spirit is leading me nowadays is to teach and to emphasize the value and the importance of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the disciple. The more we know the Spirit, the thirstier we will become for his presence.
the more intimate we become with him, the hungrier our hearts will be for his ministry. We desperately need that endearment with power from on high, or our words will be just empty. Our prayers will be void of power. And God did not intend for us to walk the way he wants us without the endearment of power from on high. And let me add another important principle here before we go further. The power of the Spirit is given to those who have consecrated themselves to God and His purposes. In other words, if there is no sacrifice on the altar, the fire will not fall. And Paul says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as what? A living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. There has to come a, a presentation of our lives, fully laid upon the altar, where we embrace God's agenda as our agenda, God's dreams as my dreams, and we shift our focus off of ourselves onto Christ and others pursuing the interests of the kingdom. Now that life will be endued with power from on high because the power of the Spirit is not for us. It is for ministering to others. And it doesn't matter whether you are a businessman or a nurse or, or just someone in the marketplace or a minister of the gospel. This is for all of us, all of the disciples. The power of the Spirit belongs to us, but we need to present ourselves to live a life that is consecrated to God and to His purposes. Not pursuing our dreams, but His dreams. Not pursuing our agenda, but His agenda. And every morning, what we need to be doing is presenting ourselves. Say, Lord, I present my body to you this day, wholly acceptable to you which is my reasonable service. And I will not be conformed to this world or the influence of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of my mind so that I may prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And then we begin the day. We've already made that commitment. Before we do anything else, God will honor that kind of prayer and that kind of dedication. The ministry of the Spirit in prayer is so vitally important. And I want us to read Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. Paul is talking about prayer here. He says, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Please notice, Paul says, 
the Holy Spirit helps our weaknesses when we pray. What weaknesses is he referring to? What is he talking about? I believe he's talking about, we do not know. He explains it. That we do not know what to pray for as we ought. We know how to pray. We pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, but we do not exactly know what to pray for as we ought because we don't have the mind of Christ. But the Spirit here helps us, the Word says. How does He help us? He helps us by searching the heart of God. That's why I've underlined that word search. Notice the word searches. What is he searching? He's searching the heart of God and communicating to our spirits what the mind of God is, what the purpose, what the will of God, how, what to pray for as we ought. He searches our heart as well as the heart of God and brings them together through the utterance he gives us or through the groans that he gives us to utter in prayer. In other words, he brings into alignment our heart and mind with God's thoughts, God's will, God's plan, and prays the very will of God and the desire of God through us. Do you see how valuable is the ministry of the Spirit when it comes to effective prayer? This is, I believe, the reason, number one reason, that devil has fought this kind of, of prayer vehemently, forcefully, and consistently, persecuting those who pray in the Spirit, especially in the earlier days. Now, let's look at another verse of Scripture here, which clar clarifies what I'm, what I'm saying here. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14, and I'm reading from the Amplified Translation. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, prays, but by my, my mind is unproductive, it bears no fruit and helps nobody. Please pay close attention to what Paul is saying here. He says, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. That's spiritual praying. But my mind is unproductive because I do not understand what I'm saying or what I'm praying. And then he asks a question. Let's go to another verse, 1 Corinthians 14, 14 and 15. He asks the question, then what am I to do? If my mind is not fruitful, is not understand, what am I to do? What, what am I supposed to do? Then he explains, I will pray with my spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me, but I will also pray intelligently with my mind and understanding. I will sing with my spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me, uh, but I will sing intellig intelligently with my mind and understanding also. Now, how can I pray with my understanding the will of God if I do not know what my spirit is praying by the help of the Holy Spirit? And the answer is found 
in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 13. I trust you're paying attention because I'm sharing with you a, a mighty weapon for your prayer life. 1 Corinthians 14 and 13. Therefore, the person who speaks in an unknown tongue should pray for the power to interpret and explain what he says. Now, let me sum it up. Paul puts praying in the Spirit first before praying with our understanding. You notice that? He always puts praying in the Spirit before he prays with his understanding. He lets his Spirit go first and then follows behind with his mind and understanding as he interprets or receives revelation of what he has been praying about by the Spirit. That's why he says, let him pray that he may interpret. That's why Paul encourages the believers in Corinth not to only speak and pray in tongues, but also to interpret them. There we go. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 13 and 15. Now he's talking about your prayer language. He's not talking about the ministry of tongues in a public assembly and an interpretation. That's another issue altogether. He's talking about your prayer life. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit. I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with the Spirit. I will also sing with my understanding. Now, <clears throat> this is where I believe the church, by and large, has limited herself by relying solely on one kind of prayer, and that is praying with our understanding. Praying with our understanding is fine but it's limited. Praying in the Spirit with the help of the Holy Spirit, we become unlimited in our prayers. We are able to embrace much more because the Holy Spirit helps us to pray the very will of God, the very mind of God. And our mind is far too small to grasp the revelation, the understanding of God's plan and God's purposes. And that's why Paul he lets his spirit pray first, and then he prays with his understanding. In my experience over many years of praying in the spirit, I found that after a session of praying in the spirit, which could last between 15 minutes to an hour, sometimes two hours, interpretation and revelation flows concerning the things or the people I am praying for or about. That's my experience. And I'm sharing with you my testimony. When revelation comes after praying in the Spirit, I pray then with my understanding also. And often I receive prophetic words, encouraging words, either for the individuals I'm praying or for the situations I am seeking God about. And <clears throat> Excuse me, for me personally, I have come to value and appreciate so much 
the gift of praying in the spirit over the years as it became a fountain of revelation, knowledge, and understanding flowing like a river, strengthening my inner man and refreshing my soul. The Bible says he who speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. The word edify in the Greek is the word like you, you, you build a building or you charge a battery. You are charged with power within your inner man. You are clothed. You know, Paul said to Timothy when he writes to me, stir up the gift of God that is within you. I know no other way of stirring the gift of the Holy Spirit within me than my, by praying in the Spirit. The more you pray in the Spirit, the more energized your spirit will become and will pass on revelation knowledge to your mind and you will begin to understand things the way God sees them. You begin to see things the way God sees them. You begin to hear the voice of the Lord and he will show you things which your natural mind will never be able to grasp because these are spiritual things, spiritual revelations. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 1, he urges the believers and he says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. We are to desire these gifts. God is not going to give them to an individual who has no desire, who has no seeking for the. I desire every gift that God has given. Because imagine, these are tools. These are the gifts of the Spirit, and they are tools to minister, to help. Not just yourself, but those around you. Imagine a plumber going to fix something without tools or a mechanic trying to fix a car that is broken without his tools. is useless. And we are weak and ineffective without the gifts of the Spirit. And praying in the Spirit is the gateway into the realm of the Spirit for the rest of the gifts to flow through us. And I want to, I want to stir and inspire you to pursue God and to desire these gifts because they belong to us. Jesus paid a high price so that we may receive and work and, and how can it flow in these gifts. You can experience this too as you enter the world of the Spirit through your prayer life. Don't listen to those who say, wow, this gift is not for everyone. I've heard that so many times I stop listening to them. I want to argue with them, but I won't listen to them. So you need to stop listening to those who say this gift is not for everyone. It is a lie from the pit of hell. It belongs to you. The gift of the spirit is for all. And in the gift of the spirit is the nine gifts of the spirit that flow as he wills. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 5. Paul confirms that. Listen to what he says in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 5. I wish, he says, you all spoke with tongues. Why did he say that if that gift is not for everyone? Why would Paul say, I wish you all spoke with tongues? But even more, he says, that you prophesied. 
For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues. He's talking about greater in use to the church, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Speaking with other tongues and prophesying is for all believers who have been baptized with the Spirit. And don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Because if you believe them, you will be robbed of what God has given you in order to strengthen and encourage you as well as strengthen and encourage others. Jesus said so. Jesus himself in Mark 16, 17 and 18. Listen to what Jesus said. And these signs will follow those who believe. Not the pastors, not the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the believers. What signs will they follow us? In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Did Jesus lie about it? Why do we believe people that tell us anything different? I was baptized in the Spirit and spoke in other tongues the very first week I was born again and baptized in water. And I have been praying and speaking in other tongues ever, see, ever since. I have never questioned whether this gift is for me. I just believed the word and by faith I received. No one prayed for me. No one laid hands on me. I recall that was a, uh, um, I don't remember the day, but it was one morning. I wasn't working. I went into my bedroom. I shut the door. I knelt down and said to the Lord, Lord, I'm not getting off of my knees until you baptize me in the Holy Spirit. And he did. And I got off my knees and I've been speaking in, the, in other tongues ever since then. And just to conclude, we're talking about the ministry of the Spirit in our prayer life. If you look over in the book of Acts, almost every time believers received the baptism of the Spirit, they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. Acts chapter 2 verse 4. Acts chapter 2 verse 17 and 18. Acts chapter 10 verse 46. Acts chapter 19 and verse 6. Here is one more scripture in the book of Jude. The, the smallest book in the Bible. Jude 1, Jude chapter 1, verse 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. How? Praying in the Holy Spirit. The Amplified says, But you, beloved, build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith. Make progress. Rise like an edifice higher and higher praying in the Holy Spirit. You want to reach higher? You want to see further than you've ever seen? You want to hear more from God than you've ever heard? Start praying in the Spirit, and you will. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18 and 19. Paul writing to the Ephesians says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, 
and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints and for me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. There he mentions that again, praying always in every situation, in every circumstance, wherever you are, you are, you are driving, you are working. He says, praying always with all prayer and supplication. How? In the spirit. And then he says, persevere, supplicate for all saints. You don't know all saints in the natural, but he does. And he helps you pray. I pray that your heart will reach out in faith and receive all that God has for you, for this family. But the Spirit is calling us to rise, to shine, to awake, to grab hold of everything, not just for ourselves. Actually, not for ourselves, but for the harvest fields that are ready to be harvested. And my heart's cry and desire for me, for you, for this family, is to go further and further and deeper and deeper with the words the Spirit of God spoke to me one day. He said, I will make you impregnable, unconquerable, unshakable, and irresistible to the world. That no matter what goes on in your life, you are unshakable, you are rooted, you are grounded, you become fortified by the Spirit as the Lord strengthens you in your inner man. And that's my prayer for all of us. May God bless you and may God pour out upon you hunger and thirst for the things of the Spirit as we pray and close. Father, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you for the impartation of knowledge and understanding we have received today through the ministry of your word given to us by the Spirit. We give you praise. All that needs to be done now is to reach out by faith and receive all that you have for us so that we may become effective, that we may become a true ambassadors for Christ, representing well in this darkened world in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.